Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Welcome to Heritage Bible Radio. This week, we continue our study of one-page books of the Bible. For the next two weeks, we will be studying the book of Philemon. Philemon was a dear brother of the Apostle Paul, who owned a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus ran from his owner and eventually found Paul in Rome, who was imprisoned. Paul led Onesimus to Christ, who then began serving Christ by serving Paul. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he explains how Paul deals with the conundrum of easing potential tensions between owner and runaway slave in today's slice of this week's message entitled, How to Treat Spiritual Family. There's a legend, uh, it, it might be true, but it's impossible to verify that, that later on, Philemon became the bishop of Ephesus. Now that's a, a concept, the idea of a bishop, the word means overseers. It's one of the words the New Testament uses for um, uh, elders and, and pastors as a synonym uh, with them. But the idea of a bishop over a region uh, developed fairly early on after the New Testament. As I say, it's not a, it's not a position mandated by the Scriptures, but uh, in a lot of denominations there will be someone like a, a, a district superintendent or, a, uh, or, or there'll be a regional governing board. Our Russian friends uh, have the, in each church among the pastors, or in each region among the pastors, they elect one of their pastors to be the regional pastor who arranges the, the, um, the, the group activities, the missions act at work, the church planting, and things like that. And some people think that um, Philemon became that for the region of Ephesus, which would have been very, very uh, influential, and he could have been a spokesman and an overseer for them. We don't know that, but we do know Philemon had a great reputation. Philemon also had a slave named Onesimus. Now, don't gasp and think slave and think all of the worst of everything that you've ever heard about slavery. Part of the culture there, a very significant portion of people were in were enslaved in that we would call them uh, uh, like. Uh, uh, debt slaves or something like that, people who needed to work to pay off a debt or something like that. And uh, he was, uh, a slave was generally in most situations considered a member of the household. And Onesimus was considered part of the household of Philemon. But Onesimus ran away. He eventually journeyed all the way to Rome. Now, I didn't take out a map and look, but Rome to, uh, to Colossae, I mean, you didn't just walk there one day. You had to go across most of the Mediterranean Sea or around the northern, whole northern uh, curve of the Mediterranean Sea uh, to get there. He, he, he went a long way. And uh, we don't know what happened, but we don't know how it happened, but he came in contact with the Apostle Paul. Now, one thing that might have happened, maybe Onesimus, the runaway slave, committed some crime. We know that Paul was kind of a minimum security prisoner. Maybe uh, Onesimus met Paul when they were both prisoners. 
we don't know that. We know that as of the writing of this letter, Onesimus, Onesimus was not in jail and Paul was. It doesn't matter how they met. Humanly speaking, they met in the providence of God. And now Paul became the spiritual father, not only of Philemon, but also of Onesimus. He introduced him to the same Lord. And as we're going to see in this book, Paul became very fond of Onesimus. He even makes a play on Onesimus's name. The word Onesimus means useful. And so the one whose name means useful had become useless to his owner and particularly useful and precious to Paul. But as much as he liked Onesimus and as much as Onesimus ministered to Paul, Paul deemed that it would be improper to just maintain the status quo and keep him in Rome for his own convenience. He decided, I need to send him back to his master. And so he sent him with this very carefully and politely worded letter to request that Philemon now accept Onesimus not merely as a slave, but now as a brother in Christ. And when we finish the book, you'll see how he wanted to resolve this conundrum. So this letter is a a great lesson in tact and honesty. You might call it Christian diplomacy. It illustrates the delightful balance between sound doctrine and the love of the brethren. Paul wrote this for at least three reasons. Number one, obviously, he was going to do what was right to secure forgiveness for Onesimus and to bring about reconciliation between uh, Philemon, who had been wronged by Onesimus and Onesimus himself. Secondly, he wrote to um, strike at the heart of slavery in the sense of requesting that this slave owner obey the law of Christ by showing love to all, including his slaves. Remember, the book of Ephesians had those instructions about here's how to be a Christian slave, here's how to be a Christian slave owner, and Colossians has many of those same uh, instructions there. And so he's calling Philemon to act at the highest possible level of Christian maturity here. And thirdly, he was also writing because he had plans. He had plans to get out of jail, and eventually he did. And he wanted to come to Colossae, and I assume he probably did. The the New Testament doesn't say that he did or didn't. But he wanted to have a place to stay when he got there. And he knew that Philemon's house would be a good place to be. So here's a simple outline of an entire book of the Bible, verses 1 through 7. How to treat spiritual family. That's our venue for this morning. Next time, how to help spiritual family. Let's start with how to treat spiritual family. If you want to start memorizing books of the Bible, I've said this many times, if you can start memorizing 13 books of the Bible all at once, if you can remember Paul. His name is the first word in 13 books of the Bible. You don't have to read to the end of a letter in first century to figure out who wrote it. Put their name at the front. Paul, verse 1, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker. He calls himself a prisoner of Christ. Remember, we saw that same thing in in Ephesians. I belong to Christ. I'm a prisoner. It doesn't matter who arrested me. It doesn't matter where they put me. I belong to Christ. So I'm a prisoner of Christ in the sovereignty of God. That's where I am. 
And it's, I said this is a lesson in tact. How tactful to put that right at the beginning of the letter. So when Philemon gets down to the end of the letter, it's as if Paul can be saying, well, you know, in comparison with the sacrifice that I'm making, the favor that I'm asking you is pretty simple. So, you know, there's humanity involved in, uh, in this. And we know that Timothy was with him. He says, and Timothy, our brother, he was with, Timothy was with Paul during the uh, part of the third missionary journey. They had known each other for a long time, and Timothy became one of Paul's right-hand guys. Uh, Timothy became one of Paul's understudies. Paul left Timothy in Ephesus, <coughs> which is a big place of influence to deal with some, some false teachers there. And the relationship and the ministry partnership between Paul and Timothy continued all the way to the end of Paul's life. So Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our father, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, verse 2, and to Apphia, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Church in your house? What does that mean? Well, the church met in his house. It might have been the meeting place of the entire church of Colossae, though I, uh, though I doubt that. But uh, where the believers gathered, there were not a lot of church buildings. It could be a, we would call it a network of house churches. They were always under the elders, uh, the mature ones in the region, wherever, uh, wherever it was. But there was some manifestation of the church that met in his house. And you have these two other people mentioned. Apphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier. You might be surprised how elegant the theories have become about who Apphia and Archippus were. If we needed to know deal, uh, details about Apphia and Archippus, um, it would be in the Bible. No, we don't know that uh, for sure, but people have made up all kinds of fanciful things. I think, just look at the book, consider the history, consider what is said here. The the most obvious explanation is the best. Apphia was probably Philemon's wife, or you might have been one of those who was recognized among the church, like Phoebe, who is the woman mentioned in Romans chapter 6, and the word deacon is used for her. It's where some people get the idea of deaconess. She was obviously somebody the, the people knew, and certainly that Philemon knew. I think she was probably his wife. Archippus was probably his son. Why do I say that? Well, we knew that slaves were regarded as family members, part of the family. So this is a family issue that he is dealing with. And it would make sense that the whole family be addressed and brought into the circle of considering this, even though ultimately whatever decisions were going to be made would be up to uh, Philemon. So, uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul was guided to include them in the ones addressed in this book or this letter about the problem of a fugitive slave. Now, we get the privilege to eavesdrop on this inspired communication between Paul and this precious Christian family. By the way, if um, you or somebody you know is expecting a new baby... This little book is just chock full of possibilities of names you might consider. We have not one single Apphia at Heritage Bible Church. We have not one single Archippus or Philemon or Epaphras or Aristarchus or Demas. 
Now, demons apostatize. You might, want, might not want to hang that name on your precious little one. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.